tonight, I'm going to be teaching on spiritual house cleaning. I'm not talking about this house because this house is already clean spiritually. Your spirit's washed and it's clean. And then I'm going to teach on, let's see, he gave me something else to teach on tonight. Um, The four laws, there's four simple laws that you must do. And these laws, uh, once once, uh, deliverance and healing happens, you have to obey these four laws strong enough to resist the enemy and you can grow. So once deliverance happens, clean your home. Clean your home. Clean every, clean your home of any object that gives the enemy legal rights. You know, the, the, since the enemy works through your senses, okay, he works through uh, things. He can attach himself to things because he works to entice you through the senses. I'll give you a testimony. I was dating a lady for about, I don't know, 10 years, 12 years. And um, I thought that lady was my wife and turned out it wasn't my wife. Because closure would never come. Every time we tried to get married, it just wouldn't work. Closure, God was put, he was buffering that thing. Because not any, all opposition is not from the devil. There's a buffering that God does. So the difference between buffering and opposition God will stop something from happening that you want to happen. That's called buffering. Because he knows that you've, you've got some ignorance going on here. And uh, it's, it's more flesh-driven than spirit-driven. So he's going to protect us from our ignorance. If we're spending time with him every day and every other day, or however you, long you do it, he's going to protect you from making the wrong choices. So he buffered me and set me free from that relationship and two years later he sent my wife uh, Zinni but during that two years there was a healing that took place so when deliverance happens there's got to be a healing that takes place because the enemy has had some ground here for a while and the healing takes place through spending time with God just because you've been delivered don't mean you're totally free yet the power has been delivered off of you of the enemy but that healing has to take place and you got to spend time with the Lord in your private time, reading the Word and uh, praying and worshiping. And that keeps the blood of Jesus flowing in those areas that need to be healing, that need healing. But one of the things that, and this was an, an awesome lady, uh, you know, I'm not condemning her at all because I was, I was the one at fault there. Um, but she would buy these hearts. They were expensive hearts. Some of them were probably $500 or $1,000 each, little glass hearts. And that was her way of showing appreciation, showing love and all that kind of stuff. Well, I had a bunch of them. There was a whole bookcase of these things, you know. And um, the Lord said, you got to get rid of those. I said, why? And he said, because the, the spirit of iniquity that works through your flesh is attracted to that object, those objects. And your healing won't be complete because you're giving the enemy access to your home. So he's going to try to hinder and buffer or hinder and oppose your quiet time and everything that God is trying to do in the healing process. So that was about 11 o'clock at night that he told me that, clearly told me that. So at midnight, I got this whole box of glass hearts. They no telling how much they're worth. 
And I went out to the ocean. I, I, I threw them out in the ocean. For an hour, I was throwing those hearts out in the ocean. And man, I got totally free. And the healing process went very quickly after that. Now that would seem like a foolish thing to do. But it's the foolish things of God that confound the wise. Is what the Bible says. So the foolish things of God confound the wise. So if somebody saw me out there, they probably thought I was pretty, pretty foolish doing something like that at 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. But there was a spirit attracted to that, those things. So somebody pull up Joshua 7, 12, and 13. And, and I'm going to have somebody pull up Ephesians 5, 8 through 11. So uh, let's just start this way. Let's start with Lee, Carrie, because I had a few scriptures, and just go down the road like that. So Lee's got the first one, Carrie's got the second one. And uh, Todd's uh, Ephesians 6, 1. Todd, Ephesians 6, 1. Rachel, Matthew 7, 1. And uh, Trish, let's see, Galatians 6, 7, Trish. And Romans 2, 1. And then Deuteronomy 5, 16. Deuteronomy 5, 16. Matthew 7, 1 and 2. Romans 2, 1. Matthew 7, 12. And that's it. So we got to mix the word with any teaching or it's not valid. The word has to... The word has to sustain the teaching. It has to line up with the teaching. So go ahead and read Joshua 7, 12, and 13. And this is from the Amplified. That is why the Israelites could not stand before their enemies, but fled before them. They are cursed and have become devoted for destruction. I will cease to be with you unless you destroy the accursed devoted things among you. Up, sanctify, set apart, for the holy purpose, the people, and say, Sanctify yourselves for tomorrow. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, there are accursed things in the midst of you. O Israel, you cannot stand before your enemies until you take away from among you the things devoted to destruction. Okay. A thing that's devoted to destruction is anything that's devoted or given out of the flesh out of the flesh, out of the sinful nature, out of the, uh, that's backed up by the spirit of iniquity. Because it says devoted, that means it has a devotion on it. So it's got the appearance of love, but it's really not the true God kind of love. Here are some symptoms of a house that needs spirit that is spiritually contaminated. So if this is going on in your house... So, so once, once you experience deliverance and the healing process is happening, you've got to go into your house and clean it up a little bit because these things will give the enemy access to, to slow it up or try to get back in there. Um, so here you are. Here, here, here they are. <clears throat> Number one, is, is there frequent illnesses in the house? Number one. Number two, nightmares. God does not give nightmares. So there's got to be something there that's drawing it. Number three, constant fighting and divisions. Number four, lack of peace in the house. Next one, demonic appearances. Where uh, demons actually reveal themselves to you. Yeah, you see them. Yeah. 
movement of object, objects. Things start flying around the house. You've seen that on TV, but it's real. It's real. Um, okay, next one. Bad odors is a sign. Habitual nausea. Headaches. Lots of headaches. Okay, th those are just some of the symptoms of a house that is spiritually contaminated. Because it, it, it was part of this that got us where we are before deliverance. Something's in the house that's drawing things to us, demonic spirits to us, and also in our souls. So we got to start with the soul and getting it delivered from any kind of agreement with demonic forces. And then we got to get rid of the things that's in agreement with demonic forces that's in the house. Do I need to repeat those? Everybody get them? Okay. Ephesians 5, 8 and 11. 8 through 11. For you were once in the darkness, and now you are in the light of the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. See, that's what Jesus does. He exposes the unfruitful works of darkness, not to bring shame or condemnation on you. He exposes it to bring deliverance bring deliverance so here's some articles that need to be removed here's just some articles if you want to write these down if any of these kind of things are in the house uh, you might want to get rid of them any any kind of materials used in witchcraft or the occult anything like that that's been in there in the past need to get rid of that any any antiques with unknown backgrounds you get to check out the backgrounds see where it goes See where it goes. Make sure it's not attached to something that's cursed. You gotta know where it came from, who it came from. So, this is stuff that's we've been I've experienced. Number three. Remember the Ouija boards? I remember doing that. Remember, we used to do that. But I remember that when I was in elementary school. My dad, and my parents bought us that Ouija board because. He thought it was safe. But it wasn't. Any kind of dragon games. Any kind of dragon games. Uh, Buddha figures. Remember little Buddha that sits up in the restaurant sometimes? In the old Chinese restaurants. They're there for a reason. Yoga books and Hindu objects. Yoga books and any Hindu objects. New Age books. The occult. Yeah, anything... Anything that tries to tries to get you to salvation or get you to God without going through Jesus Christ. So like Jehovah Witness is one. Mormons is another one. Um, they kind of twist it. There's only one way, and that's through Jesus Christ, the Gospels. So any book that's in the house that refers to the Gospels, you know, that's expanding the Gospels and the Bible, that's the books you want to keep in your house well quantum physics you have to be careful with quantum physics to make sure that it is taught by a spirit led teacher born again because he can use that to get people give people clarity on how the physics do work because there's physics and everything but you got to know how these physics work and how it supports the gospel and how the blood of Jesus can flow through those physics and get you to the knowledge of the truth. You can't stay in that realm. It's a form to take the next step. But the occult uses that. 
but there are Christians. There's Christians that the that that teachers that are uh, that are teaching that, and they're teaching it the right way. So, rosary. Remember the rosary? Statues. Get rid of them. They're not in the Word. <laughs> they are not in the Word of God. It's an attraction to Mary. It should be attracted to Jesus. Everything should be to Jesus. Everything. Astrology books, tarot cards, crystal balls, pendulums, those kind of things draw demonic deception. And lastly, <clears throat> CDs, cassettes, posters of rock music. Posters of rock music, CDs, hard rock. Because um, I used to have them in my bedroom <clears throat> when I was a teenager, 16-year-old. I had my, my whole room was painted black. And with these posters on the wall, these hard rock, uh, Pink Floyd, um, some of the hard rock, Kiss. And then I have my black light and my marijuana. And mom and dad didn't know what was going on back there. So I know the extreme. And I know the other extreme. That's a lot better. And it's, called, it's through Jesus Christ and knowing him. Okay, articles that need to be removed. Everybody get those. Those, <clears throat> those are some of the basic articles. Arts, crafts, and pictures of demonic representation. Anything that resembles demonic representation. Materials related to sect, sect, S-E-C-T-S, such as Mormons, Jehovah Witness, Freemasonry, these kind of things will draw the wrong spirit. You, you know, the primary effect on a person's life in Freemasonry is financial. It's financial. It keeps you broke. So whatever they pump up is where the lie is. So anytime this, that Freemasonry, it's, you'll see that that person never gets to success financially. Um, images of idols, souvenirs from other countries. Got to be careful with that. Images of idols and souvenirs from other countries. That you got to find. You got to know what they represent. See, that's what you got to find out. What does this thing represent? What kind of religion? There's religion behind everything. Think about it. There's religion behind everything, and you got to find out what initiated this, what started this, what thought came to that person to make that. That's how it works. Uh, good luck charms, pornographic videos. So you see the importance of cleaning the house. Just check it out. Just check it out. And uh, make sure that you know what kind of lineage is behind all this stuff. Okay, here's the four spiritual laws that we must obey after, after deliverance happens and after healing happens. Because we are a product of our actions. Ephesians 6.1, law number one is in Ephesians 6.1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord as his representatives, for this is just and right. So, so you're supposed to honor your mother and father regardless of what they've done. Because, you know, if they've done something bad, then the enemy used them as a puppet through their ignorance. But you got to look at them as how God sees them, and they're made in the image of God. We're made in the image of God, so He made everything good, right? Everything He makes is good. 
So the enemy gets in it and tries to make it crooked. So keep in mind, honor your parents. I don't care how long they've done wrong or what they did wrong. Now I'm going to get into honor when we get how you're supposed to honor them. All right, law number two, Matthew 7, 1. Do not judge and criticize and condemn others so that you may not be judged and criticized and condemned yourselves. That's law number two. Don't judge anybody once you get delivered and healed because the same judgment will come on you. Okay, so stay away from judging others. Number three, Galatians 6, 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. We are sowers. That's the bottom line. How, what's the two ways that we sow? Words. We were sent here from heaven to be sowers. So Jesus said that your words are seeds, spiritual seeds. So we sow words. I'm, I'm, I'm casting seeds out now. You're casting seeds out as you speak. These are spiritual seeds going out. And they either have life seeds or death seeds coming out. And you remember the two laws? It's in the atmosphere. There's two laws in the atmosphere. What are they? Who remembers? Life and peace and sin and death. So there's, a, there's an atmosphere. There's an atmospheric law in the unseen that got initiated when Adam fell. So Satan brought that into view. It's called the law of sin and death. And sin means missing the mark. And then Jesus at the resurrection, the law of life and peace came. So in the atmosphere, these laws are here right now, even in this building, wherever you go. And your words, like uh, uh, Solomon said in Proverbs 18, he said, life and death are in the power of the tongue. So what comes off the tongue? Words. So you're a product of what you sow. You're a product of what you sow. Words frame your spiritual world. What leaves your hands frames the way you're going to live. So you've got to be constantly giving something. I try to give something every day, whether it's small or big, whether it's money or, or a pair of shoes or shirt. Just give something to somebody. So we are farmers in the kingdom. So we've got to sow every day. You want that cycle to keep coming your way of reaping. If you ever stop the cycle, it's hard to get it going again. So if you can think of that cycle turning like this, sow every day. And if you're not outside, sow into your own family something. Keep the cycle going of reaping. Give God his portion first. Remember, if you don't give God his portion, there's no protection on your finances. Zero protection on your finances. You can look that up in Malachi chapter 3. Give God his portion, 10%. I learned that a long time ago. And he opens the windows of heaven, and then he protects you from the enemy coming to devour everything that he's, God has blessed you with already. So, law number four, Romans 2.1. Therefore you have no excuse or defense or justification. O man, whoever you are who judges and condemns another for, in, for imposing and judge and passing sentence on another you condemn yourself because you 
who judge and habitually practicing the very same thing that censure and denounce. There it is. So, so if you're judging or accusing someone else, you just identified yourself. Because it says what you judge another of, you're doing the same. So that's how I, and it's good for ministry. Because when someone starts judging someone else, I usually know right then who, who the guilty party is. And um, I think it says in the, in the Gospels that uh, the first one that came forth to defend himself in a, in a debate was the guilty one. Was the guilty one. So that's, uh, the Gospels is very educational. The epistles is where you grow. But stay in the Gospels because that's how Jesus wants you to live and get the foundation right. The epistles is where you're going to grow in Christ. So get the, uh, the Gospels down. So that's how I learn in business. The first one that comes forth, you know, claiming he's, he, he did it right when his fault. It was the other guy's fault. Well, I already know right then who's it, who's it wrong. And I have to deal with it. So anyway, the Gospels will teach a lot of business ethics and principles. Don't violate these laws because these laws, God can't even break these laws. God cannot break these laws. They're in place, so you can't stop them. And what does, what does a law do? Who remembers what a law does? What does a law do? It enforces. It enforces the fruit of the seed. So if you're sowing to the law of life and peace and you're sowing love off your tongue you're sowing edification healing off your tongue to other people then that just went into a law and that law once it leaves your mouth you have no more control over it the law gobbles it up and then it brings back the fruit of what was said that's why this kingdom is all about confession when you confess your healing and keep confessing your healing, guess what? You get healed. The fruit of it comes back. If you give to God and give to people, guess what? The fruit of it's going to come back. Now, you, you look at a seed and then you look at fruit. There's a big difference. So what's coming back is going to be much larger than what was sown. Keep that in mind. Just because if you're giving small amounts to the kingdom, and that's all you can give. Keep in mind, it's the principle. It's the law that counts. It's the obedience that counts. You could give 10 cents and it come back at $1,000. Because he said, if it's, so, if it's sown in good ground, what's good ground? Sowing into the law of life and peace. That's good ground. And it says those who have sown in good ground are those, are those are the ones who have what? Heard and what? Understood what they heard and you reap what so 30 60 100 fold so you got 30% of faith on the top row 60% of faith on the second row and 100% of faith on the last row God can only get to you what he can get through you he can only get to you what he can get through you so if your faith is up there on the first line then he can get 30% back to you of what you sow so that's how it works. You're in a kingdom of sowing and reaping. You're not in a kingdom. It's a voice-activated kingdom, and it's all about sowing and reaping. It's not like the kingdom before you were in. 
or we were in. So these laws can't be broken. So let's go back and let's break this down. Honor your father and mother. What does honor mean? It means to obey, value, highly regard them, respect them, love them, forgive them, and help them financially. So whatever the need is there, uh, we should do it because we're doing it for God, not for them. It's, it's a command. You know, that's one of the commandments to honor your father and mother. I don't care how bad they've been to us. And all of us have had parents like that. Honor them. And when you, when you have this mindset and you do it, grace does it for you. And it's so easy to do it. There's no resistance. Just have the mindset, God, I'm doing this for you because you said this is a commandment that I have to do it. And then grace kicks in because of obedience. Grace only kicks in because of obedience. Deuteronomy 5.16. He's got it. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you, that your days may be prolonged and that it may go well with you in the land which the Lord your God gives you. So if we don't honor him, guess what? You have a short life. A short life. And the Bible says we're supposed to live, what, 110 years? 120? 80, if we've had sin in our life, usually 80 isn't 80. So the consequences of a short life is going to happen because we're sowing into what? The law of sin and death. And that law is going to bring, bring back the fruit of, remember it's twofold, sin and death. Sin means missing the mark. What mark? What mark are we missing when we miss the mark? The mark that God has marked out for us to be a blessing and to receive the blessing from Him. We are marked to be blessed. He's got a path marked out for us to be blessed. And we miss that marked out path every time we sin. The enemy gets us off track. And we get blinded by the flesh. And then we don't see the blessing front of us because we're blinded so that's one fold twofold is there's death so he's trying to bring death to something in our life whether it's our physical bodies whether it's our finances whatever whatever it is that we sowed into now but this particular one says honor your mother and father and when we don't they're talking about a short life so that means it's going to be a physical it's going to come back something physical is going to come back now God doesn't put these things on us he, he did in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, Jesus does not put sickness on us. He's not going to put something on you that he redeemed you from. Hell was made for the devil, not for us. So we choose the enemy. And that's how all this stuff comes on us. And, we, and then we try to blame God. For it. And it's not his fault. He's given us everything we need. Jesus said it's finished. Jesus did everything to, to redeem everything back to us. Our spirit back to God, our soul back to God, our body to be in good health, and to be financially free. That's the covenant of the blessing of the new covenant of Jesus Christ. So honor your parents. How can we honor them? Number A, emotionally. Express your love and appreciation. Spend time with them. Support them in difficult times. They may even resist you, but you did your part you got to take the first step 
they they may even resist you. But listen, if you're doing it out of obedience for God, grace will touch them. And grace is what? Love. It's God's love. It'll touch them. And they'll feel something coming from you they hadn't felt before. B, honor them verbally. Verbally honor them. How do you do that? Well, there's got to be something good (laughs) that they did. There's got to be something good. Because everybody has good and bad, good and bad, good and bad. Honor them in what they've done good. Get them to focus on what they've done good. Honor them verbally. C, honor them financially. Honor them financially. Every once in a while, I'll send my mom $1,000, $5,000 just out of the blue. And not knowing that she'd never seen that kind of money before. The first time I sent her, or gave her $1,000 uh, in a card, she called me, and I didn't know who it was. She was crying uncontrollably on the other line. And she could barely get it out. She and I have never seen this much money in my life. Because my dad sheltered her from that, kept it from her. And being divorced and by herself, that could have that was like a hundred thousand dollars to her. So I realized how much it blessed her and, and and set her free that day. Right before Christmas it was. And then Cindy and I took her to lunch or, or dinner right before Christmas last year, wasn't it? I think it was last year. And we went to Papa's and there was a five thousand dollar check in there and she just lost it. See how God blesses? You can't contain His blessing because it's so powerful. How do you know it's... Why is it so powerful? Because it's selfless. It's selfless. Anything that's done selfless has God's power on it. If you're doing something selfishly, it does not have God's power on it. And if it doesn't have God's power on it, whose power does it have on it? The enemy. There's only two spirits in this world. There's only two kingdoms in this world. And we got to stay on the Messiah's side. Honor them financially. What are the benefits of fulfilling the first law? Things go well with you, and you'll have long life. Things will go in your favor. Because that is the first, isn't that the first commandment? Honor your mother and father? That's the first commandment that God gave Moses. So you can imagine how it's going to benefit you. And if your mom and dad's dead or gone, then say the your heavenly father look I'm just getting this information now forgive me that's how you do it and honor someone else honor someone else's mom and dad you know if you see a need just honor them okay that was number one honor your mother and father number two judge not you shall not be judged to judge is to sentence or condemn someone sentence or condemn someone Matthew 7 1 and 2 who's got it Do not judge and criticize and condemn others, so that you may not be judged and criticized and condemn yourselves. For just as you judge and criticize and condemn others, you will be judged and criticized and condemned. In accordance with measure you deal out to others, it will be dealt out to you again. So there it is. There's that law working. You see how this law is working? If you could just picture this every day when you come out of your house or when you go home, there's two laws around you all day long. So that's enough right there to bring thoughts captive. Hey, what, what, where are these words going to go? Where are these seeds going to go? Which law are they going to go in? Because by the end of the day, you might see the fruit of that seed. Or by the end of the week, you might see the fruit. Or it might take months for that fruit to come back. 
I had a guy I was working with for years, um, getting him set free. And uh, he did good for about three or four months. And then all this stuff came on him. And he called me crying. He said, Gene, I've done everything right. Why is this coming on me? I said, well, what did you sow before the three months? Because, you know, when you put seed in the ground, it takes a while for that fruit to come back. What did you sow before you got set free? Because it's coming back. But now you're going to have the power to be patient and endure that suffering of the flesh as you go through it. So it's coming back. And, and God does not stop the circumstance. Because the circumstance is supposed to do what? Discipline the flesh. So you know how we get in circumstances we can't control? It's discipline. That's why he said, endure it with patience. Because through faith and patience, you, and you receive the promise. It's on the other side of the circumstance. Okay, you got that number. Where are we at now? Number three. When we judge other, we fall under the same judgment. What you judge another for will bring the same spirit on you that dominates the person you judged. So that thing's coming on you because you open the door. Remember, your tongue opens the door to life and death. And gives the enemy access to the soul. Romans 2.1 Some of you accuse others for doing wrong, but there is no excuse for what you do. When you judge others, you condemn yourselves because you are guilty of doing the very same thing. Right. The only thing, the only thing that, that, that we can judge, now this is the Gospels we're talking about. And then when you get in the epistles, like Romans and stuff like that, you, we cannot judge a person's soul. Jesus does that. But in Corinthians, Paul says that you can judge those who have the mind of Christ can judge. What are you judging? You're judging fruit, not the soul. You're judging the outcome. That's what makes ministers effective because they judge the fruit. They call the fruit. If it's bad fruit, then they know how to minister. If it's good fruit, then they know how to minister. So we can't judge the person's soul. That means condemn him or accuse the soul. Accusations, gossip, those kind of things. So how do we stop judging? There's four ways. How do you stop judging? Repent. What does repent mean? Think differently. Think like God thinks. We're, we're teaching you now how God thinks think differently confess the sin to God confess it and number three let go of the judgments you made against others just let go of them you know how we hold on to judgments against others just let, let it go because it's affecting you more than it's affecting them and number four bless the people you judged because that's what God would do bless them they don't have to know it's coming from you God knows it's coming from you. God looks at your heart. So send them something. Send them flowers. Send them money. Send them a gift or something. God sees it all. In fact, he'd rather give it, rather you have you give it in secret. 
Because he says, I'll reward you openly when you give in secret. So keep that in mind. Bless them. Bless them. God's the one you're trying to please. So when you judge, you create an invisible wall around you of resistance. And what we're doing, we're resisting God's blessing. Because the blessing's always coming towards us. Because we've sowed into the spirit of the law of life and peace. So that fruit is on its way back. So if I sowed yesterday into that law, and today I sowed into this other law, okay, then this invisible wall is going up around me, and what I sowed yesterday was good, the fruit of that's on its way back to me, but it can't get to me because I've got this wall around me of resistance from the enemy. You see? So as soon as you judge and, uh, or do any kind of sin, be quick to renounce it and confess it to Jesus and it's done with. He said, I'll, 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 I'll forgive you and I will cleanse you of all that unrighteousness. That wall comes down just like that. Remember, life and death are in the power of the tongue. So that wall comes down and now you can receive what's coming to you if you stay in that vein of sowing into the law of life and peace. Okay? Ask yourself if there are things in your life that are not going according to plan. You know how you get a desire for something and you're, you're uh, asking God to meet that desire and um, things start moving in that direction and all of a sudden things don't seem to go according to plan? Well, here's your problem right here. You got to look back and see who did we judge? Who did we falsely accuse or even accuse even if they were wrong you can't accuse them we're not the accuser the devil's the accuser the Bible says and in, in, in I think it's in Revelation he is the, uh, the accuser of the brethren so he's going constantly to God and accusing what we have done to justify himself so if you ever had to justify yourself here we are again we're guilty because the enemy's always trying to justify himself with God by saying, hey, so-and-so was accusing so-and-so, talking bad about so-and-so. So that's the enemy. Don't give me the ground. Number four, as a man sows, so shall he reap, Matthew seven twelve. Therefore, whatever you want, do to you, do also to them. This is the law and the prophet. So whatever you want people to do to you, how you want to be treated, do it to somebody else first. This kingdom works from the inside out. That's what we've got to get a handle on. It works from the inside out. So how we want to be treated, we got to treat somebody else like that first and release it from this temple, that love on how we want to be treated. So we're a walking kingdom house that works from the inside out. Remember the enemy wants you to wants to come in so he's working from the outside in so do unto others what you want for yourself your future is based on what you sow so to sow is to give someone else something to reap is to receive or get back it's as simple as that the kingdom of God is so simple it's all about sowing and reaping the kingdom of darkness is all about what buying and selling 
buying and selling. That's how the kingdom of darkness gets ahead, is through buying and selling. This kingdom, you get ahead by sowing and reaping. That's why buying and selling won't get a kingdom kid very far unless you sowed for it. And God will enhance things for you. But your primary motivation is to sow into the kingdom to get everything that's available to you in in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. So this whole walk of the Christian life is about believing and confessing. Believing and confessing. That's how you grow. Believing and confessing. Sowing and reaping. If you can get those two down, believe and confess, and sow and reap, you'll grow pretty fast in this journey with the Lord. And be blessed as you're growing. That's what I love about the Lord. The blessing always outweighs the problems. Always outweighs the problem. That's why we're in a blessed place. The Lord has given us so much revelation uh, that people can get it, they can grow, and grow fast. And um, Because you can't trust nothing that you don't know. You can't obey something that you don't know. Right? So you've got to know this Jesus that's in you. And you've got to know his truth so you can obey it. Let's pray. Let me close it. Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for the blessed time of discipleship. We love discipleship, love to learn about you and follow you, Lord, that we can get the triumphant victory in all that we do, that we can, we can co-labor with you in the blessings of the Father, the blessings of the Father that you partake of and that you live, that we become, become partakers of that blessing and know the Father intimately through the good gifts he gives us. Jesus doesn't give us the gifts. He administers the gifts. God is the giver of all gifts. And Lord, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that we're becoming to know him more, that we can follow him, and that we can touch the Father with his awesome love. And the Father always blesses with us with good things. 